it's a belief I have for you and for you listening, for every human in the world, is that you are worthy and have much to be grateful for. Do you ever wonder? Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to live an extraordinary life? Or is that only for people with exceptional beauty, brains, or talent? I know you are extraordinary. But when I look at me in the mirror, well... Ordinary. 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 Ordinary is all I see. Certainly, life has to be more extraordinary than what I've experienced so far. We all feel like this sometimes, but we don't have to. If you believe that your life and everyone's life can be more connected, more inspired, more fulfilling, then you're in the right place. Welcome to this Extraordinary Life podcast. I'm Kevin Monroe, and together we're going to discover life is extraordinary. extraordinary. Do little things really make that big of a difference? For me, being extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary is more of a choice. There is something truly remarkable about that. Are you looking for a place where people are more interested in who you are? Who you are? Who you are? Put in the extra in the ordinary. That's what extraordinary is all about. I want to live an extraordinary life. How about you? Hey, it's Kevin, and I'm excited to welcome you to this Extraordinary Life podcast. Over the years, I've welcomed listeners to almost 200 episodes of Podcast Conversations, yet this is only the third time that I've had the privilege of welcoming you to a first episode of a new podcast. It was over 10 years ago now when I first started the Servant Leadership Sessions podcast, and then a little over three years ago, I welcomed listeners to episode one of the Higher Purpose podcast. Today, this episode, I get to do it again. Honestly, I'm more excited now than ever to launch a new podcast. It's like this podcast has been a lifetime in the making, that everything up to this point in my life has prepared me for this moment and this moment for me. I'll save that for our next episode where I'll go deeper into this journey. I trust you'll join me back here for that one. For now, there's one way that seems to be the most appropriate way to begin this journey. And I bet many of you know or can guess what it is. That's right. If you guessed gratitude, you've got it. We want to ground this Extraordinary Life podcast in the fertile soil of gratitude. And to do that, I wanted to invite my good friend and gratitude collaborator, Steve Foran, from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, to join. And then we also wanted to expand the conversation. And we're including Lillian Jans Bacon from the Netherlands, also known as Dr. Gratitude, to join us. This is going to be an awesome conversation. So let's get right to it. Well, it's a pure joy to welcome Steve Foran and Dr. Lillian Jansbeken to this Extraordinary Life podcast. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Great to be here. Hey, Steve, where are you joining from this morning? I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And Lillian, where are you joining us from? I'm from Venray, from the Netherlands. 
All right. So we have three countries, two continents, three countries represented in this conversation today. Well, Steve, you know, because you've joined me on previous podcasts, not of this one, but of the Higher Purpose podcast. And I still start this one the same way. What is something you are freshly grateful for now in this moment as we connect today? Let's start with Lillian. Well, actually, Kevin, that's I'm grateful for technology because without the internet, without LinkedIn, without Twitter, I wouldn't have met Steve. I wouldn't have met you. And as you said, we have two continents being able to see each other, talk to each other without being on a plane. So this is really wonderful that we can do this. Yes, it is. And Lillian, what a joy to have you with us today. Steve, what are you grateful for? Well, I knew this question was coming, Kevin, because <laughs> I've listened to enough of your podcast. And last night as I was going to bed, I was thinking, what am I grateful for in this moment? I just started thinking over my life. And 28 years ago, I had a, a manager, someone I worked with, who just put himself out there for me. He took a risk on his own career, I think, just to help give me a leg up. And his name is Bruce. And just what he did by giving me an opportunity just really helped me. And he just did it to help me, which was just really good. So uh, grateful for Bruce here 28 years later. Mm. Wow. How about yeah. that? How about that 28 years later? Well, I'm grateful for fresh starts because that's what <laughs> we're celebrating with this episode of this Extraordinary Life podcast. Well, before we get into our conversation, what's something about you that might be helpful for those listening to know about you and your gratitude journey? I'm, uh, I'm an engineer, electrical engineer, that had an aha moment about 20 years ago. And it's that really profoundly, it just changed my life. And it was around gratitude. And not that I wasn't grateful before, but engineers and gratitude. Sometimes people don't think those things mix together, but they're not like oil and water. They, engineers have hearts. They just happen to be charcoal gray. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that discovery, Steve? That my life was handed to me on a silver platter with all the challenges and everything else. But it was just this visceral realization of all the good fortunes that I had in my life and have had throughout my life. And I just came to a realization of them in a way that I never had before. And that really got me on this path of gratitude. And it resulted in your path and mine crossing Kevin and Lillian, you and I meeting. And so, yeah. That's remarkable. Mm. Lillian, what about you? Well, well, first off, I'll let people know. Some people call you, have a name for you that kind of connects to this. Some people call yeah. it Dr. Gratitude. Yeah, that's correct. That's because I got my PhD based on research on gratitude and mental health. So that's why they call me Dr. Gratitude. <laughs> well, what else would you like us to know about you? Well, actually, my story is... A bit similar to that of Steve some 10 years ago, before I went to university on my 39th year of life, Mm. I was a truck driver and my husband one day told me, why don't you go to university? You 
you have the brains, you can do that. And I will provide for us. I'll make sure I pay the bills. And so I quit my job and I went to university. And 10 years ago, I thought, well, without his effort and his ideas and his support, I wouldn't have come that far. And I felt extremely grateful at that time. Tears were running down my cheeks, but I didn't really know what I was feeling, that it was gratitude I discovered later on. And I got intrigued by gratitude, and I'm still intrigued by gratitude. Oh, Lillian, when I learned that about you when we were getting acquainted in a conversation last week, I mean, I just smiled because I guess I'm one of those that's prone to think that many academics, many people on the academic path have always been on the academic path and they've just been professors all of their life or something. Mm -hmm. For you to share that, that it was 39 years of age when you started your academic studies. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even finish college, so. (laughs) Well, we're going to have a fun conversation today. (laughs) As elementary as this next question might seem, I don't want to skip past this because to be honest, after all, it was only about two and a half years ago when I discovered this difference. So what is gratitude? What is gratitude and how is it similar or different from being thankful? Who wants to go first? Well, I want to go first. No problem. Because in Dutch, we don't have this distinction. Oh. So that's a really hard question for me. We only have the distinction between gratitude and appreciation. Okay. So there's nothing in between that. But for me, gratitude is realizing that you received something you needed and being consciously aware that someone or something thought of you and that you are worried to reach out to. So, and for me, the difference with appreciation is in the needing part. Say more. You can be appreciative of something, but what you received wasn't really something you needed. And gratitude arises when someone was sensible enough to know what you needed at that time. Wow. How about you, Steve? I see gratitude is like a two-sided coin. There's this internal feeling that we get when we're grateful, when, similar to what Lillian had said, when somebody, a benefactor, that could be anyone, it could be groups, it could, whatever it is, does something to benefit you. It costs them and costs just, they, like Bruce, he put his reputation on the line for me, right? And it's a value to me. And when that happens, we get this feeling of gratitude and we don't even have to know that's how it works to feel grateful. Like, just like Lillian, she felt these tears. We don't have to actually know how it works to actually experience it because it's built into our humanity. The other side of the coin is the expression, is the external act when you're thankful, when you're grateful, it compels us to do something. And that something is, I say, say thank. We express our gratitude. So we may pay it back. We may pay it forward. And my four habits, I got four habits around gratitude. And the fourth habit is say thank you. I see gratitude and thank you as, or, or thanks, a thankfulness is something very, very similar. That gratitude has that internal feeling and the external expression. 
That reminds me of William Arthur Ward's quotation, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. That's correct. (laughs) So we feel it. There's something to feel it, but there's something else about giving expression to that gratitude. It makes it more special. Yeah. So I think I heard Lillian say a word a moment ago. I think Lillian talked about being worthy. Mm -hmm. Now, Steve, you know the story. You sent me a copy of your book, Surviving to Thriving, The Ten Laws of Grateful Leadership. When I started reading that book, there was a line in there that you use every time you talk about gratitude. And I called you up. I said, where did you get this line? What's that line? It's a belief I have for you and for you listening for every human in the world is that you are worthy and have much to be grateful for. And I believe it for me and that sense of worth, human dignity. To me, it's a profound underpinning of gratitude. That was a wow moment for me. It continues to wow me now, months or over a year later. I don't believe that I had ever connected gratitude to self-worth before reading that line and getting to know you, Steve. You are worthy and you have much to be grateful for. So you listening now, if this is the first time you've ever heard that, maybe just pause and maybe say that to yourself. I am worthy and I have much to be grateful for. So Lillian, in this moment, when your husband gave you this gift and you were just overwhelmed with something, Mm -hmm. say more about that feeling and what that did for you in that season of life. Well, it really felt like my heart was overflowing with love. And I don't know exactly what it was, but it was a really warm and, and happy feeling. It made me very loved and that there's someone in life that loves me enough to make such sacrifices for me just to make sure that I can go on a different path in life. That's really, really something great to experience. (laughs) But as you said, I, I didn't really know what it was. So I was going through some books about positive psychology and because I kept saying I'm So happy you did this, but happy wasn't the right word. I was looking for another word, and then I came across gratitude, and I thought, that's what I felt. It's not just happiness, it was gratitude. So when you began to express it as gratitude, what difference did that make for you? And what's your husband's name? My husband's name is uh, Jaap. Jaap? That's a really Dutch name, Jaap. (laughs) (laughs) So what difference did gratitude make once you could label it as gratitude? What things followed on the the heels of that discovery that it was gratitude? What followed was that our relationship became even better. It was okay, but it became even better because you know you are together with someone who wants to sacrifice something for you, who wants to support you no matter what, because you are you. That makes that you want to do something back for them. And I really wanted to pay back, but that's really difficult. But then he suffered a really terrible accident a few years ago and he broke his back and I could pay him back by caring for him. And now he said thank you to me and that deepens the relationship so much to know that there's just something for you in good times, but 
but also in bad times. Mm. And he's not walking away. <laughs> We're going to talk about the bad times in just a moment. Yeah. But I love that line. Steve, is that pretty much describe self-worth? Oh, yeah. You Somebody are you. Because you are? You are you. Like, I just, I wrote that down. <laughs> it's like, that is it. That's it. And Lily, it also choose the word sacrifice, right? So that idea of someone does something that costs them, they sacrifice. It's them, yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely. So it's... It's okay because... It's this yeah. upward spiral, right? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Steve, anything you want to add to this? <laughs> the difference gratitude has made in your life? Well, it, it certainly has... My work has moved in this area. I think the thing that it has done for me personally, someone who's always been a very positive person, I'm also very judgmental. And gratitude has helped. It's been a governor on me being much less judgmental and stand back and not presume anything in other people. So that has been very, very helpful for me. I used to see people, you know, if they were panhandling on the street, it'd be like, get a job. Like, it was like I had no compassion for another human being. I think of it now, it's just before I judge, cause me to stand back. So did I just hear you say gratitude has made you more compassionate? Less judgmental (laughs) has to be more compassionate, more empathetic. Like it makes us more connected as human beings. Us versus they, judgment comes in, right? When it's us, Mm -hmm. we're less likely to judge. We're all in this together. So yeah, I think so, Kevin. Okay, now you just used a line there that opens up a whole nother train of thought for me. We're all in this together. And right now, as we're recording this conversation, we're all in this global pandemic together, right? And I've heard people Mm -hmm. say, Mm-hmm. I don't know what all you've heard different people say, we're all in the same storm. We're not all in the same boats. You know, some people are in luxury liner yachts and some of us are in little dinghies trying to weather the storm. But what have you discovered about gratitude in the last five or six months under this worldwide pandemic? Who wants to go? Maybe I can say something. Sure. Yeah, I want to say something about that. What? Gratitude helps me to do during this pandemic is to relax and accept what's happening. So yes, we have to stay home. We have to physically distance us from other people. No, we cannot go out. You have to shop by yourself and not go with your partner or stuff like that. All those restrictions we have. I'm grateful that our government is putting all those measures in place and I intend to meet those requirements and I just accept the situation because it will get better in the future again. So just pause and (laughs) do what you can do and wait till our scientists get the vaccine ready. And you, Steve? I think what I discovered is just how powerful gratitude actually works, you know, because it It's not like waving a wand and magic wand and everything disappears, the problems, the challenges, but it provided me a perspective that puts everything in 
balance and perspective. And, and I, I think I'm far from perfect. I still go negative. I still have my moments of fear and like ingratitude and things like that. But I think 15 years of everyday writing, what I'm grateful for, practicing just being around people who are doing this, to me, it's almost been like a suit of resilience mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. helped me better cope with these. Like I said, I'm not perfect with this, but I know had I not been doing this for the last 15 years, the way I would be dealing with how this is impacting my family, my business, my personal life, I know it would be a lot different if I was not practicing and intentional with gratitude. So Lillian, when I heard you say that, or when I heard Steve say, Steve used a word that I know is important to you a moment ago. Steve talked about coping. And mm -hmm. in your work and research, you found that gratitude's really helpful to help us cope. Yes. You want to correct it? Yes. Well, we have a lot of gratitude. And there's also, do you want to already get into the questions from the community? Because it's related to one of the questions you received. Yeah, but, but I, I agree. Gratitude is about coping and company. Okay, coping That's is what I always say. Unpack those two. Yeah. Mention coping a little bit. What else would you like to say about coping? And then how do you layer company into that? Coping, as Steve said, gratitude can help you cope with the situation. And one of the things gratitude can do is to make sure you keep an overview of the situation. Yes, there is something bad, but you're also trying to find something what's good that you can cope better with, with adversities. And one of the things you can look for in adversity is the company around you, friends, family, partners, strangers who are helpful in the situation. And gratitude makes sure that the relationships are getting stronger. So gratitude is about coping and company. <laughs> So, Steve, you and I have discovered this. This is another way of saying the company part, maybe. For me, at least it is. What have we discovered over the last year? That gratitude is... Better together. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. You know, part of what I do is consume other people's gratitudes. I read, listen to what other people are grateful for. When I listen to the story of Lily and her husband and what happened, I mean that touches me, right? And it makes me reflect on who are those people in my life that have done that for me. It is so much more powerful together. Yeah, I like that one too. Better together. <laughs> Better together. So Steve, tell us a little bit about your daily gratitudes and how that works and how you listening can join and share in these daily gratitudes. Because I'm telling you, it lights up my inbox every day. Yeah, so on. Each week, Monday to Friday, I send out an email, three gratitudes from me and three from a guest contributor. And both you, Kevin, and you, Lillian, have been guest contributors on the Daily Gratitudes. And so you get to read six gratitudes each day. I post them within the One Billion Happier People community as well, where you can go and see and read what other people are grateful for. So they're posting gratitude. So it's just this place where you can gain a perspective. This morning I was on the site reading and someone who hadn't been there in a, in a while posted, she said, I haven't been here in a while. 
I just got away from it and some things are happening in my life. And I realized I got to go back here. And she said, I just already feel a little better. And, you know, there was other encouraging messages to her. Welcome back. Glad you're here. Things are going to be okay. You are worthy. And so, yeah. So if you go to our website, gratitudeatwork.ca, you can sign up for the daily gratitude. So thanks for that, Kevin. Sure. Well, it is. It's this part of, I don't know if I would have really understood this until I began experiencing it. When mm-hmm. we started hosting gratitude challenges last year, and then we started doing it in community. And all of a sudden, people were sharing what they were grateful for. And you're seeing that. And it just starts, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for that, too. That reminds me of this. Or what about this person? Somebody talks about their grandmother or an aunt or uncle or whatever that was. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for that as well. And it, it just brings to mind things that we may not have had on our gratitude radar screen at the moment. And it amplifies it. It does. And coming from Mr. Judgment, (laughs) if my wife was to say it, Stephen, what about this? I would think that there might be an agenda with a gratitude. When you read somebody's gratitudes with no agenda, they're not telling you or me what to be grateful for. Boy, that has power. Yeah, that was what I was intending to do with my book, I wrote a book with stories from people who say that gratitude is a major part in their life. And I get messages from people who read my book and then they say, oh, yeah, and uh, I know. And I also got inspired to tell others that I'm grateful or, wow, there are people who have really been hurt or almost died. What do I have with my small problems. And it's really nice to get all those messages back when people read my book. Okay. So Lillian, you've been on this gratitude journey 10 plus years. Steve, I believe you said 15 mm-hmm. plus years of mm-hmm. writing daily gratitudes, 20 years on the journey, but 15 of writing your Is gratitude always easy for you, Steve? No, it's not. Because sometimes it can get, you feel like it can get wrote. It could get when life happens, when mom died, when something happened to my son and my daughter and my wife, it's not easy. No. I I want us to talk about this a moment because I think people think, and Steve, I've known you for a year and a half now, and you're like me, a very positive person. And I think people that meet positive people can think, oh, you're always positive. And I can tell you that every positive person I know isn't always positive. Mm-hmm. When positive people hit dark patches, it can get real dark real fast, is my observation and experience. It can. I mean, it, we do know that gratitude is easier for some people than others. And Lillian actually be able to fill us in a lot on this because she has also written what I think is the most comprehensive literature review on gratitude anywhere in the world as part of her work research that she's doing. But I'm sure she can certainly speak to some of the character traits that some of us have an easier time. I would probably have an easier time being grateful than somebody else, but no. There are moments that you really have to pull on the gratitude lever. That's what I've become to think of it, is that when life gets tough, when I find myself in that scarcity loop, 
I want gratitude to be the first lever I pull to make a difference. Lillian. Yeah, I, I always consider gratitude a part of my toolbox. Mm. When adversity strikes, something is happening, life is tough, then sometimes it's quite difficult to look for someone or something to be grateful for. It is the first tool I pull out when something's happening. So yes, something's happening, but I'm trying to look around for small things where I can be grateful for in such an overwhelming situation. And small things lead to bigger things. And then it balances again my feelings between the negative and the positive. We've got something exciting that we want to share with you. And then we'll be back with more of this conversation with Stephen Lillian coming right after this. Hey, we're back. We've got more of this deep, rich exploration of gratitude for you. So earlier this year, I met Chester Elton, who's also a gratitude guy and does work in appreciation. And right as the pandemic was beginning, he and some of his friends coined this hashtag, find your gratitude. And I really love that because there are times, and in times like what we've been in through this global pandemic, Gratitude may not be low-hanging fruit in your life. Mm -hmm. You may have to really look for it, but there's always something where you can find your gratitude. So what do you say about having to be a little more intentional and focus on it? Well, yes, when life is easy, it's very easy to be grateful. So then, yeah, you, you can have an intention, but it's very easy to find something. But when it's dark and difficult. You have to look for good things and for lessons from the bad with intention to make sure that you are not lost in the dark. Well, I like that. (laughs) Gratitude helps you make sure you're not lost in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, it it goes to that idea of looking with intention. I've Mm -hmm. been doing this program for the last four months, dealing with challenges because for some folks, they're dealing with some of the biggest challenges in their life. I've seen research out there that says people are more anxious now than ever in their lifetime. Yeah. And so we, we do this thing where I just ask people, what is the biggest challenge you're facing today? Mm. And then ask the question with respect, right? What are you grateful for in this situation? Mm. And I know some people through the exercise have nothing written down. Mm. And that's okay. Our brains are a wonderful thing, though, because when you ask your brain a question like that, what am I grateful for about this? In the next 24 hours, 48 hours, your brain is still looking. Because you've asked the question, I would say, Lillian, that you're being intentional. Your brain start looking for where is the good amongst all this challenge that I have? Because when we're faced with challenge, like Lillian said, you're going to balance this negative emotion with some positive emotion. To be able to see the good, those are the resources that we can tap into to better deal with the challenges that we're facing. Okay, I want to peel back this like an onion and go a little deeper on this. Because what you just said there, Steve, as I understand it, I'm not a neuroscientist at all. I love what neuroscience teaches us. But somehow, When we ask ourselves a question, it creates an open loop in our brain. And our brain latches on to that question until it answers it. 
So if someone that's listening to us right now is in a dark place, in a difficult situation, what's a question they could ask? And there's not just one way to ask this question. Let's put you at ease at that. There are multiple ways you can ask this question. What are a couple of those ways we might ask ourselves questions if we're in a dark place now that helps us find gratitude? Go ahead, Steve. The couple of questions like, what am I grateful for in this situation? Who do I know that's been through a situation like this? When have I been in a situation like this? Who are the people around me that care for me and love me and can support me and help me in this? So I don't have this feeling of being alone. And that is one piece of it. And Lily and I, I think may touch on just making sure that if we need professional help, that we need to make sure that we get professional help if that's the case. Because gratitude isn't going to, if we need professional medical support, we got to make sure that we get that. So what would you add, Lily? What I hear sometimes from people is that gratitude is a big word. Gratitude is something big. That's really difficult. And people can also start with, where am I happy? What makes me happy? What is it in this situation that I'm glad of? So don't make it too big. Start small. Start small. Yeah. You don't have to call it gratitude if that's too difficult for you. What do you like best about it? Like if with my kids, you know, when you start with them, what are you grateful for? Like Lily, it says that could seem really big. You know, what, mm-hmm. what was the best part of your day so far? Yeah. What did you like? I love that. Yeah. Make it small. With our five-year-old granddaughter at family dinners, and I can't wait till we're having those on a regular basis again, but somebody would usually start the conversation. What was the best part of your day today? And everybody around the table goes, whether you've made that, connected those dots or not, that's gratitude in action. What's the best part of your day? What made you smile? Any of these things. So Mm -hmm. let me ask this. Do you have a favorite quotation about gratitude? Lillian. Yes, I do have one. And it's from A. Milne. He is the author of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, okay. (laughs) And there's a quote. Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. And I like that very much. Wow. Steve? I mean, there's so many. Cicero has one. It's that it's the parent of all virtues. That one just comes to mind to me. Well, one that's become a favorite for me in the last maybe 90 days, maybe less than 90 days, But I was going through some difficult situations with a home repair issue. And there were decisions I could have made differently years ago that would have changed things, but I didn't. And one day I was talking to my friend, Christy Kern, and she had just stumbled on this quotation, had it beautifully framed. And the quotation comes from Ann Voskamp. No amount of regret can change the past. No amount of anxiety can change the future. Any amount of gratitude can change the present. And that's just become a favorite for me because I know so many people that it's easy to live in regret mm-hmm. in the past, or it's easy to live in worry, anxiety about the future. And we can't do anything to affect either of those time zones, but we live in the now and any amount of gratitude can change now, change the now. Another one that I would, Aeneas Nian, this isn't a gratitude quote, but I want to ask you about this. She said, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. Mm 
So you've said gratitude's not a magic wand. Gratitude doesn't really change anything out there in the world as much as it changes something in us and how we see the world. It cleans the window. Ooh, say more about that. I love that. Gratitude cleans the window. Yeah, when you're behind the dirty window with gratitude, you can see the world in another way. Wow. Okay. I love that one, Lillian. Is there a way that gratitude makes something possible in life that we might otherwise miss? I wonder that. Ooh, makes it possible. To see an opportunity, to welcome an opportunity, to even see something that we might be prone, but based on what we've talked about today, some things we might have this, Steve, I know you write about this, the negativity bias. Mm -hmm. We are prone to only see the bad and possibly miss the good that could come through what started as a bad situation. Stuff like that's what I'm talking about. One of the things that I hear a lot from people and heard it regularly over the last 15 years of the work that I've been doing is people will come back to this idea of gratitude and they come back to it. This isn't anything new for anybody, right? So it's not like this is brand new, this stuff we're talking about. We may be just putting a different frame or wrapper on it, but the, the number of times people say, I got away from it, this practice of being very intentional with it has just made a huge difference in terms of how I'm showing up at work, with my, with my spouse or partner, with my kids. And it's just, it can be one of the easy things to let go though, right? Simple, but it's not easy. Even, it's because life happens. Simple, but not easy. And I think gratitude makes room in our head to look for solutions instead of just what's wrong. And it, it clears up and then there are, possibilities or maybe just acceptance is also important. Sometimes you just have to accept the situation and then it will get better eventually. So it's not always necessary to do something. And gratitude can help accept a situation and pause for a moment. Lillian, also interested in, because I've seen some of the work around pessimism, that it's, we can see it as permanent, pervasive in our lives, and personal. And we can take it very personal, see that when something negative happens, it, it's going to be permanent. It's all about me, and it's in all areas of my life. And I just find that gratitude is a way to step back from it, to not see a situation as that. Kind of curious your take on that. Something similar as what I said, it keeps an overview. It makes that you are not focused on the bad what's happening, but you're also looking at other people. How are they in the situation? How are they dealing? How are they helping, helping me, helping others? So it turns the focus away from you and your sorrow. Yeah, it takes away from the me. We are in this together, every situation. We do. We have a couple of questions from people, members of this Extraordinary Life community that I'd love to get your response to. Hedden from Iceland asks, what are some of the health-related benefits to embracing and expressing gratitude? Let the doctor answer that. (laughs) There is tons of research by now about the effects of gratitude on mental health and in positive psychology. 
mental health is divided into the occurrence of mental illness and the occurrence of flourishing, which is emotional, psychological, and social mental health. My research shows that implementing gratitude as a therapy for mental health issues is not always working. And for people with serious mental health issues, it can be even uh, deleterious. It can be really bad because it can have people experiencing failure if it's too difficult for them. Implementing gratitude to increase uh, your level of flourishing, that does seem to work. (laughs) So when you want to increase your level of flourishing, start creating an attitude of gratitude. And the good news is that an improved flourishing can help coping with mental health issues. So by increasing your flourishing in good times can help you cope with adversity later in life. Steve, what would you add to that? Anything? Lillian has done the extensive review of research because, you know, some of the stuff has indicated you sleep better, you tend to exercise more, you have more social connections and positive relate, you know, more optimistic, which these are things that connected with this idea of flourishing as well too, right? So it's one of those things, if we want to wait till the science, and even some of the stuff that science has figured out, gratitude Mm -hmm. is connected to this, the exact mechanism and how it happens, Mm -hmm. we haven't got that all totally figured out yet either. No, no. So it's like, you want to wait till that's all figured out? Other than when you really try to force gratitude, as Lillian said, that can be harmful. But other than that, there are no negative side effects. Bob Evans is the other leading expert in gratitude. Mm-hmm. He's, he says there's no negative side effects to building a grateful frame of mind. We just need to be cautious of if someone's in a challenge and you start cornering, well, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? That can really be harmful, can it, Louie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It can even make uh, issues worse. Yeah. You have to do this voluntarily. You can do it intentionally when you're not already feeling it. Just start with it. Make sure you are aware that you can be grateful. must not be a chore you you do every night. Just, oh, I have to write down uh, three things. Oh, oh, I'll just take the same three things as yesterday because I had to write them down for my therapist or something. Now, you, you have to think about it really intentionally and look around and if it's hard it's hard then just write one or just write tomorrow or something don't push so the follow-up to that question from Hedden is how can we help those who lack gratitude in their life or experience because it's easier to identify with the negative stuff of their surroundings so I'd like to kind of ask this in two ways one because I do want to recognize what you were saying a moment ago Lillian people with coping with mental illness at this moment. Mm -hmm. We want to be mindful of the severity of that. And like you say, forcing gratitude. Mm -hmm. But then there are also folks that just have a negativity bias. Mm -hmm. That what you were saying earlier, I think, Steve, they just happen to see the bad things in life. And they see that they're happening disproportionately, or they think they're happening disproportionately to me. And they always find me. I guess there's another character from Winnie the Pooh that had that syndrome. Yes. 
<laughs> Who wants to answer first on this one? Okay, Steve. I don't mind tackling this. So gratitude is about helps us make sense of the world or it influences how we make sense of the world. It's mm-hmm. one of the ways how we make sense of the world. The number of times I've been in sessions and someone says, oh, so-and-so should be here. And I just got like, okay. <laughs> that sounds very judgmental, doesn't it? Right? Because it's like, I really encourage people with gratitude, work on you. We can't change anybody else. And if we've got a negative person in our life or someone we'd like to convert over, as well-meaning as we're trying to be with that, one of the things that I do is, I think positive thoughts about that person. Because I, I need to, for me, like if I really want to help them or support them, I need to see myself not as a superior because I know something they don't know that my way is better. I need to see myself as an equal with them. And what am I grateful for about this person? And, you know, so I need to get my own mind frame in that. And the types of things that when they come to me, and if they're coming with negative, I'm going to hear them. And then I would say, okay, Jerry, I hear you. What's the best part of your day so far? Mm. And I'm just going to continually pivot them around. And I'm not going to ask them what they're grateful for, for the reason that Lillian said. But I want to just ask them, what's the best? I hear you saying, like, everything's, what's the best part of your day so far? Mm. Who's helped you today? And that's how I'm going to do it. As much as I can. And then I want to tell them about, you know what I started doing? I started making a list of what I'm grateful for. And this is what it's done for me. And I'm not going to say, you should do this. I'm just going to talk about my own experience. So Steve, when I hear that, all of a sudden I had a thought. Because we talk about a lot of lurkers on the internet. People that just watch and don't really engage. But a good place to lurk would be one billion happier people. (laughs) If you're going to lurk, lurk somewhere like that. Lurk on these daily gratitudes. You don't have to do your daily gratitudes if you're not prepared to do that yet, but start filling your inbox with six daily gratitudes from somebody a day. Just read those and just see what happens. Yeah. And you're not going to like them all every day. Yeah, I would say live by example. Mm. Express where you're grateful for. Show people how it looks like to be grateful show them and make sure they know about gratitude and they are reminded of gratitude, someday it will click. I have an example of that. A few weeks ago, I received a message through LinkedIn from someone who said that he thought that gratitude was soft and wooly and not for them. But then one day, out of the blue, he decided to experiment with gratitude. Mm. He kept being confronted with messages and articles about gratitude. And he wrote me that nothing ever in his life had so much effect on his mood than gratitude. Mm. He said he feels more love, compassion, and happiness. So for me, it's just being out there, talking about gratitude, writing about gratitude, sharing my gratitude, and live by example. And now and then I get these messages, and that they are great. <laughs> That's beautiful, William. They really are. And for some people, that change can happen quickly. Mm-hmm. For some people, it might take longer. Yeah. And whatever it is, it's okay. Yeah. So one other question from the community. Linda, also a Canadian from Edmonton, asked, 
what are some ways that we can dig deeper to find gratitude, especially when it's difficult to dig? Steve, since you're the fellow Canadian, I'll let you go first. <laughs> One of the things that I like to do is, is whenever we have gratitudes, we say gratitudes, we either frame them as a benefit to us or a sacrifice or cost that somebody else had. So my gratitude this morning, I framed it as the cost, the sacrifice that Bruce made for me. Lillian did the same thing with her gratitude about, you know, when she talked about her husband. But with the internet, that was a benefit, right? When Lillian said the, so you frame your gratitudes, we tend to frame gratitudes looked up based on the daily gratitudes, we're four times more likely to frame our gratitudes as benefits to us. So when I look at my gratitude list, it's like I'm grateful for living in a great country, the freedom I have. These are all benefits to me. Every now and then it's like I'm intentional. Let me flip this. I'm going to make my gratitudes this week all based on the sacrifices or the cost, what others have done to support me. And it's a way to really... I think it's a really powerful way to kind of up your game, mix it up. And it, it really helps me get less focused on me and more focused on others because my gratitudes are about others, right? That's one. Well, before we wrap up, two questions. One, I'd love to ask, what would you suggest for someone just getting started or starting again with gratitude? What's a suggestion or an encouragement you would have for them today. Steve, you've been doing daily gratitudes for 15 years. What's your suggestion? Two things. Create a habitual ritual. Every day, just record your gratitudes. Resist the temptation just to think about them. Either write them down on a pen in a pad or in a notebook or record them electronically because it's, it's harder. And when things are harder, it's like going to the gym. When it's harder, if you build your muscles more, so that's going to have more of an impact. So one, record your gratitudes. Start with three. If you can do that, do that every day. Don't beat yourself up if you miss a day. And two, somehow find a way to consume what other people are grateful for, and whether that's through the daily gratitudes or partnering up with your spouse or partner and saying, once a day, let's just text back and forth or find a way to share gratitudes with someone else and read or listen to what others are grateful for. Lillian? It can be difficult to remind yourself of your intention to be grateful. And what you can do is make sure there's something uncomfortable around you. You can wear a bracelet with large beads that gets in the way when you want to type. Or if you're a, a man, put a pebble in your trousers. And when you feel it... Um, Couple it with, okay, I feel my beads, where am I grateful full for? And that will remind you during the day to be grateful and it helps you to write down your gratitudes at the end of the day. Well, for people that want to take a next step, how do they contact you? Lillian, where do people find you? Well, I'm all over social media. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter. You can email, email me through my website, lillianjansbeke.nl. And I'm always happy to answer questions. All right. Steve? You can find me on LinkedIn or through my website, which is gratitudeatwork.ca. 
Well, listen, I want to express my gratitude to both of you for joining me today and for us starting grounding this new podcast in the good soil of gratitude. No better place to start, no better people to do that with than you, Lillian, and you, Steve. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you for the opportunity, Kevin. Thanks and congratulations, Kevin. Oh, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Lillian. Hey, Lillian and Steve, thanks for helping us ground this new podcast in the good soil of gratitude. Hey, don't go yet. We're including more voices on each episode, and this week, I've invited a couple of friends who are part of this Extraordinary Life community to share about the role of gratitude in their life. Sandy and Rachel have something short, about a minute each, that they want to say, and then I'll be right back. I'm Sandy Anderson. I am located in Austin, Minnesota. Gratitude is at the root of resiliency. Whether it is with my clients or myself, when we seek to grow, protect, and represent a grateful mindset, I observe an increase in resiliency. Resiliency to face difficulties or even those day-to-day inconveniences that can mount up. We can face them with greater grace and purpose. It doesn't mean I dismiss or diminish the difficulties. It means recognizing that I have some control or at the very least influence over how I respond to the challenge and the impact it will have on those around me. When my responses are anchored in gratitude, I show up in ways that create rather than crush. Hi, I'm Rachel Druckenmiller from Baltimore, Maryland, and gratitude has had a significant impact on my life, especially recently. In the midst of what's been going on with the global pandemic, I was involved in a car accident and I ended up with a fracture in my back. And leading up to that time, leading up to that accident, I've been doing a practice of what we would call a gratitude practice of tracking bright spots or moments in my day that were sources of joy or sources of hope, no matter how small they were. And I'd been doing that on a daily basis for about six weeks before the accident. And so by the time the accident happened, I had about, oh, I don't know, I'd say close to 300 different things I was grateful for that I had tracked in my journal because I tracked 10 a day. And it absolutely has shifted my mindset and gotten me to a better place more quickly. It's been really transformational. So I want you to think about for yourself how gratitude might help you and how gratitude might shift your life in the same way. So we'd love for you to join us to find out how to do that. You know, we're living in uncertain times, and it's uncertain how long these times will last. What we know is gratitude is vital for us to stay strong. As my friend Daniel Strickland says, hope is cultivated in the soil of gratitude. We need hope. Gratitude helps hope grow. I want to invite you to lean into gratitude and I'll close by reminding you of something I shared earlier from Ann Voskamp. No amount of regret changes the past. No amount of anxiety changes the future. Both know people wrapped so tightly with regrets that they can't breathe or even move. They're paralyzed. We also know people so anxious that they can't imagine a better, brighter future. Anne goes on to say any amount of gratitude. I've got to underscore that any amount of gratitude changes the present. 
Find something to be grateful for today. I'm grateful for you that you've joined us here. You can call, text, or WhatsApp me at plus one four zero four seven one three zero seven one three. I'll say that again. Plus one four zero four seven one three zero seven one three. Here's hoping you flourish with this extraordinary life today.